Amen. How many people are ready for God's word? Come on, how many people are ready for God's word? It honestly is so exciting on a time change day to see so many of you here in the house this morning. You set your clock, spring forward one hour, got up earlier, and you're in the house today. Come on, that is awesome. And it's also great to have the many that are joining us online this morning. We welcome you today. Thank you for joining online, church family. We're honored to have you. And our many guests from across the city of Ottawa, Canada, and yes, even from around the world who have joined us this morning, we thank God. Well, friends, we're in a six-part sermon series. We're calling it Stand. And today is part five, and we're exploring the amazing, incredible book of Daniel. And we're gleaning some principles from the book of Daniel. So this is the second last message in the six-part sermon series. For a couple moments this morning, I want to talk to you on a message that I'm calling today, Stand In. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about standing in the gap in the place of prayer. And I want you to pull out your sermon notes. You, they are on the website. You can pull it up, Wi-Fi, here in the auditorium. And get your Bible out, whether you've got it, hardbound edition, or you brought your, your handheld device. And journey with me to Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 10 for a few moments this morning. And I want to talk to you about prayer. But I just feel the Lord prompting me just to stop right now and just lead you in prayer that God would take what I share with you today and implant it in your heart. So I don't often do this, but could you stand with me one more time this morning? I really believe the Lord's got something he wants to impart into our hearts today. If you can do this, lift your hands to the heavens, on site or online. Father God, I feel very honored and very humbled to be standing on this platform today. God, I believe that you've stirred my spirit with a word for this house. I'm asking God, help me to unpack it. Help me, God, to share it. And I pray your will be done. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Put your hands together and give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Amen. Well, take a seat. I want to begin this morning by sharing with you six life-changing principles about prayer. Six life-changing principles of prayer from Daniel chapter 9. We began in Daniel chapter 1, and Daniel was 15 years of age, a young man plucked from his homeland, taken to Babylon, and he stood in an uncompromised life, standing strong and tall for God. By the time you get to Daniel chapter 9, he's about 85 years of age. He's an elderly man. He's in a seasoned part of his life, and God is stirring him in prayer. So let me, let me unpack it really quickly and briefly this morning, these six life-giving, changing principles. Number one, the principle of listening. I want to challenge everybody in the house to live out the principle of listening, allowing God to speak to you before you even begin to speak to God. Allowing God to give you a word from his word for your life situation before you talk to God about your challenge and your circumstance. I want to take you to Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, it's the first year of Darius, the son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. I want to push pause. Daniel, 85 years of age, had served under a number of, of, of leaders in Babylon. We talked about Nebuchadnezzar. We talked about Belshazzar. But now the Medes and the Persians had taken over. He's got a new boss, and it's Darius. And it's the first year of Darius, who's ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. Look at verse 2. 
In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, watch this, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah, the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. He's now about 85 years of age and about 68 years have gone by. And, and he's in the word and he's reading from the book of Jeremiah. And he gets to chapter 29 where God speaks to Jeremiah that the God's people would be in captivity in Babylon for about 70 years. And then he comes to that verse that, that I love for, for God has a plan for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. How many people love that verse? I said, how many people love that verse? God's got a plan for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. He has got a hope. He's got a future. And as, Jared, as Daniel was reading that verse, something leaped in his spirit because God's people in Babylon were, were not pressing into God like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And their hearts weren't totally right with God. But, but it's now like 68 years in, and it's soon to be the 70-year mark when, when, when they're going to return back to Jerusalem. And he gets a word from the word, and something stirs in his heart, and he's moved in his spirit. And I want to challenge everybody main level up in the balcony, in the overflow room, watching online, whatever you're facing, get a word from the word. Let God speak to you from his word and let that word keep you and help you in your life situation. At the end of this message, I'm going to share with you two words that God has given me that I'm clinging to. But number one, the principle of listening. Number two, the principle of seeking. Number two, the principle of seeking. Focusing your undivided attention on God. Giving God your undivided attention. Look at verse 3. So I, I turn to the Lord. I started to study that in the ancient Hebrew. And, one, and it actually gives the translation, I turn my face towards the Lord. I turn my face towards the Lord. One, one translation says, I gave God, I gave God my fullest attention. But the ancient Hebrew says, I turn my face towards God. And I felt the Lord speak to me this week to say to you that God's back is not towards you. God's face is towards you. Just like the prodigal father who got up every day waiting for his, his son to come back. Prodigal means lavished. And the lavished love of the father got up every morning and turned his face towards the road, looking for his son who had turned his back to him and walked away, waiting for his son to turn his face back to him. Church, God's face is towards you. And maybe you've turned your back towards him. Can I challenge you? Turn your face towards him and give him your undivided fullest attention. And then there's number three, the principle of pleading, expressing your desires with emotion. I pray that my prayer would not be routine, be boring and dull and dry. I pray that my prayer would be marked with emotion, with passion and with desperation. In verse three, and pleaded with him in prayer and petition. I want you to picture Daniel so broken before God. And my prayer is, God, break my heart with what breaks yours. Break the heart of this church with what breaks yours. Give me a, a passion in my prayer. Give me a desperation in my prayer. I'm lost without God. I can't make it another day without God. I'll never get through this season of, of coronavirus without God. I'll never, I can't do anything without God. Anybody witnessing in their house that you need God every moment, every day in your life. 
Number three, the principle of pleading. Then there's number four, the principle of fasting. When you fast, you're displaying your seriousness to God. But please notice in verse three, in fasting and sackcloth and ashes. You see, in that ancient culture, when someone was grieving and mourning in their prayer life, they would, they would put on this rough, rugged burlap. And I want you to picture Daniel taking off his royal robe and his royal rings and his garments of position and covering himself with rugged, rough burlap. It was symbolic of a grieving, a mourning heart because Daniel was grieving and mourning because God's people were far from God. He was pressing in, but God's people weren't. And the 70 years were almost up and they were gonna go back to Jerusalem and he wanted them ready to rebuild the walls. He wanted them ready to rebuild the temple. And so he put on this burlap because he's mourning and he's grieving. And there's another ancient culture when, when you, are, you are filled with guilt and, and remorse and shame and brokenness, you would cover yourself with ashes. He went to the fire pit and, and, and he got the ashes from the fire pit. They're dirty and they're burnt. And he put them over his body and he's no longer clean, but he's covered with the ashes from the fire pit. It was symbolic of him feeling guilt, of him feeling brokenness, of, of him breaking for his people. He's got the burlap on and he's got his head and his face and his body covered with, with ashes. And now he's fasting. We know what fasting is. Fasting is when you set aside something that matters to you so you can discover what matters to God. And I want to call the house to set aside what matters to you, to discover what matters to God. Set aside food. Set aside the social media. Set aside the television. Set aside your sport. Set aside the things of this world and press in in the place of prayer. I believe God is about to send revival. These songs this morning, I believe, were God-inspired. And I'm saying, God, awaken me. Awaken the city awaken this nation but church we've got to get to the place of fasting before God somebody say amen number five the principle of thanksgiving make sure your prayer is saturated with thanksgiving thanking God thanking God for who he is and what he's done thanking him for who he is and Daniel looked to God in prayer through the lens of who God is and was and will always be. Look at verse four and verse nine. I pray to the Lord my God, and I confess, Lord, the great and the awesome God. He looked at his situation through the lens of who God is and was and will always be, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant, covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse nine, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him his prayer was filled with thanksgiving, not criticism, but thanksgiving. How many people know God wants us to enter his gates with thanksgiving? Amen. Number six, lastly, the principle of confessing. And I want you to see that Daniel, who lived non-compromised and uncompromised, God-fearing life, took upon himself and confessed sins that he himself did not commit. He didn't stand there and say, you get your heart right with God. You messed up people. You get on your face and seek God. He identified with them 
and humbly confessed their sins like they were his sins. Let me read to you some verses. Verse four, I pray to the Lord my God and confess we have sinned, not, not you, but we have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and we've rebelled. We've turned away from your commands and law. Please note it, church, he didn't do that. God's people did that, but he didn't point the finger at them. He, he humbly was broken along with them. Verse six, we've not listened. We've not listened to your servant, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Verse seven, Lord, you are righteous. He declares who God is. He prayed through the lens of who God was and is and will always be. You are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. Remember, he's got the ashes all over him, shame. He symbolically, we are covered with shame. The people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries whom you have scattered us because of our, our not your, not, not your, but our unfaithfulness to you. Verse 8. We and our kings and our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we've sinned against you. Verse 10, we've not obeyed the Lord our God. We've not kept the laws he gave us through his servant, the prophets. Verse 13, just as it's written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Verse 14, the Lord did not hesitate to bring this disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we've not obeyed him. Verse 16, Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger, turn away your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill, our sins, the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Verse 17, now our God, hear the prayers and the petitions of your servant for your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Verse 18, Give ear, our God, hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We don't make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Verse 19, Lord, listen, Lord, forgive, Lord, hear and act. Can you hear the desperation? For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. Let me wrap up this first part of the message by reading verse 20 down to verse 23. While I was speaking and praying, while he was speaking, while he was praying, because prayer is speaking to God, while he's confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I'd seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. Verse 22, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I've now come to give you insight and understanding. Verse 23, as soon as you began to pray, as soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I've come to tell you. Church, note this, as soon as you begin to pray, something happens in the heavenlies. I said, as soon as you begin to pray, something happens in the heavenlies. A word went out, which I've come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. I love you, Daniel. God loves you. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. I'm going to move to the second part in just a moment, but I want you to get into your spirit today. Daniel postured himself with these life-changing principles. Get a word from the word 
that will keep you in your life situation. Seek him and turn your face to him. Be passionate in your prayer. Be humbly broken with confession. Get to the place of fasting and praying and watch what God will do. Can we pause and give one loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God? I want to wrap up this message in Daniel chapter 10, and I want to briefly give you five keys about spiritual warfare prayer. Let me say to you today that God allowed the curtain of the spiritual realm to be pulled back as revealed in Daniel chapter 10. And I want to say to you that just because you don't see something doesn't mean nothing is happening. Let me say that again. Just because you don't see something doesn't mean nothing is happening. And I want to offer to you five keys about spiritual warfare prayer from Daniel 10, 1 to 21, very quickly. Number one, spiritual warfare prayer moves us from the seen to the unseen, from the visible to the invisible, and from the natural to the supernatural. And Daniel began to see things that no one else saw. What was invisible to others, he saw And he was taken from the natural into the supernatural. It was in the 1980s, as I began the ministry, that I was introduced to some Christian novels called, written by Frank Peretti. You might have heard that name. And he wrote the book, Piercing the Darkness, In This Present Darkness. And they were novels, forms of church life and pastoral leadership, but he gave a glimpse of the spirit realm between God's angels and, and, the, and Satan's angels. And it reminded me that there is a spiritual battle going on in the spirit realm. You see, the devil doesn't want this church to go forward. The devil doesn't want you to walk under the blessing of God. The devil doesn't want revival in this church. The devil doesn't want revival in Canada. But I'm here to declare to you, the devil's not in charge. God is in charge. God is in charge. So let me read to you verse 1 down to verse 11. In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, Cyrus is now the king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. The message was true, and it concerned a great war, and the understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Daniel chapter 10, 10 is the introduction. Daniel 11 is the vision. We'll get to that next week. Verse 2, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. He went to prayer for three, 21 days. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. He laid aside food. He laid aside wine. I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. Basically, he didn't bathe for three weeks. Verse 4, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris River, he's out for a walk with some of the guys. He's on the bank of the Tigris River. Verse 5, I looked up. And there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. Verse 6, his body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Daniel saw a supernatural person. In verse 7, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. No one else saw it. God pulled back the curtain of the natural and gave Daniel a glimpse of the supernatural. God pulled back the visible and gave Daniel a picture 
of the invisible. And he saw this heavenly being. Verse 7, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but they knew something was happening because such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and they hid themselves. Verse 8, so I was left alone, gazing at the great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. And a hand touched me, verse 10, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 11, he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed, which means, Daniel, you are so loved. Look this way, please. On-site, main level, on-site, balcony, on-site, overflow room, watching online. You are so loved by God. Whatever you are walking through is not because God hates you. It's not because God is trying to get even with you. God loves you so much. He is for you. He is not against you. He has plans not to harm you, but to bless you. You've got a hope. You've got a future. He loves you. Verse 11, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words that I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Number two, the prayer of believers, I wanted this in the notes because I didn't want you to miss it. We, we, we touched on it in the first part of this message, but the prayers of believers are heard immediately by God. If you ever question, does God hear my prayer? He hears every whisper of every prayer immediately. Verse 12, then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. I wish I had the time to unpack this because fear has gripped the world. Fear has gripped Christians. Fear has gripped the church in this difficult season. And God would say to the house, may we not walk in fear in the name of the Lord. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. Do not walk in fear. The angelic being said, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Posture yourself in humility. And I've come in response to them. Believer, your prayer is heard immediately by God the moment it is whispered. Number three, unseen spiritual warfare may at times delay the answers to our prayers. This is the visible to the invisible, the seen to the unseen, the natural to the supernatural. There is a, there's a, there's a heavenly battle going on between God's angels and, and, and hell's angels. And, and there's, there's a spiritual dynamic that I don't fully get because it's, it's, it's the invisible. It's not the seen, and, but I know it's real. In verse 13, because the, the, the angelic being said to Daniel, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. There was, a, there's, there was a demonic prince over Persia resisted me 21 days. Then, then Michael, one of the chief princes, one of God's angels came to help me because I was detained there 
with the king of Persia. Verse 13 gives us a window into, into the spiritual dimension of spiritual warfare. And then there's number four. Write this in your notes. I know this is true, and I believe there's going to be a witness in the house that wrestling in prayer is so exhausting. When you are wrestling, it's draining. When you get into your prayer closet, it's draining. It's tiring. It's, and that's why I believe many believers don't press into prayer because it's draining. It's in the natural, it's exhausting. But in the supernatural, God gives you strength. Let me give you verses, verse 8, verse 16, 17. So I was left alone. This is verse 8, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left because Daniel is in warfare prayer. My face turned deathly pale, and I felt so helpless. Verse 16, I was overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I, and I feel so weak. Verse 17, how can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I, I can hardly breathe. He's exhausted, and he's strained. And that takes me to the last point, and I want to close with a, a few things that I felt the Lord wanted me to share, and then we're going to worship and pray. But number five, I believe the Lord wants me to leave with this house, we must walk humbly. We must pray fervently. And we must study God's word diligently. And we must persevere faithfully. Youngest to eldest, on site, online, do not miss it. There's a spiritual battle going on in the heavenlies. But Jesus is stronger. Jesus is greater. Jesus is bigger. When Lucifer, the fallen angel, was kicked out of heaven, one-third of the angelic force went with him. That tells me two-thirds of angels are in heaven. And the last I checked, Jesus, was or Jesus brought defeat over the devil on the cross. The last I checked, Jesus is the head, and Satan is underneath our feet. The last I checked, the tomb is empty. The last I checked, Jesus is alive. We must walk humbly. We must pray fervently. We must study God's word diligently. And we must persevere faithfully. Verse 14 to 16. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, Daniel, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Verse 15. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and, and I was speechless. Verse 16. The one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and I began to speak. Verse 18, again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Don't be afraid. You are highly esteemed. You're so loved. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. I prophetically speak those words, which I believe are from the heart of God. For everyone listening to my voice today, the word of the Lord today is peace. Be strong. Be strong. Don't fear. Peace. Be strong. God is with us. Hallelujah. Verse 20, so he said, do you know why I've come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. The spiritual warfare of hell in light of heaven. 
Verse 21, but first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. I want the worship band and the worship team to come. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to share with you some final things. Please stand. It's been a tough week. There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. It began on Monday when one of your former youth pastors from 30 years ago, Pastor Mark Morrill, experienced a massive heart attack. The defibrillator was brought out eight times to get him back to life. A tube put down his throat, Virginia, United States of America. An amazing pastor, he and his wife, Pam. The church went to prayer, and I'm glad to tell you that he's breathing on his own. I'm glad to tell you that he's responding with nodding his head. I asked Pastor Kimberly this morning, because this is her brother-in-law, and I said, how's Mark? She said he asked for a pen yesterday. And he was writing words on paper. I wept because Mark is my age. I wept because the hand of God is on him. And I don't want Satan to stop what God wants to do in him and through him. A man in our church that would be either watching 9 or 11. In our church family, his legs went so numb and he could... End of the stories, he had to go to the hospital. And before long, through tests, they discovered a massive tumor surrounding four vertebrae on his back, inoperable. A massive tumor wrapped around four vertebrae in their house yesterday. I was wearing my mask at a safe distance, calling out to God and believing for a miracle. How many people are going to believe for a miracle for Walt? Come on, how many people are going to believe for a miracle for Walter? I was in a district executive meeting on Zoom with our district superintendent. And as he began the meeting, he started to share with me about a dear pastor friend in Oshawa, Pastor Doug Snyder, pastored over 30 years at a great church in Oshawa. He felt that he was having a massive burnout. They discovered that he has a massive brain tumor and he's in the hospital. I'm like, God, I don't get this. And then the Lord took me back to a number of months ago. And I was, this is, this, I want, this is the word that the Lord gave me. And I'll tell you, church, I believe it's going to encourage you. I was going for my prayer walk and I'm walking on a cold day. And Pastor Brad, I, I, was, I was feeling low. We weren't having church. We were just online. We were in lockdown and we're trying to navigate. And I was going through a real low moment. God, I need you. I'm so desperate, God. I, we're navigating through waters I've never been through. God, I really need you. Give me a word. Give me a word. And God spoke to me in that walk. And he said to me two things. He said, Mark, stay the course. And I'm about to do some things that you have never thought possible. (laughs) 
I'm hearing in stereo. Kim, your father, who I don't talk to often, felt the Spirit of God to send me a verse this week from Galatians 6, verse 9. And, and you need to hear this, Kim. You tell your dad this. I'm hearing this verse from so many people lately. Galatians 6, verse 9. Do not get weary in well-doing because at the proper time you shall reap a harvest. And as I was walking that day, my mind went to the scriptures in the Old Testament where God said, look and see what I'm about to do. I'm going to do some things that you've never thought possible. So I'm holding on to that word. I've got a word from the word and I'm clinging to the word from the word and I'm not walking in fear. I'm living in peace. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to do my best to walk humbly. I'm going to do my best to fervently pray. I'm going to do my best to diligently seek the word and I'm going to do my best to persevere faithfully. Woodvale, let's not give up God is about to do something in this church and in this city and in this nation like we have never experienced before. Somebody, 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 somebody saying that. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Got a revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Got a revival, pour it out. Come on, come awake.
in the city, Lord. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. Every stronghold, every stronghold crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, Lord. Every head is bowed. Everyone's eyes are closed. You're standing in this auditorium. You're standing in the overflow room. You're watching online. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? Was there a time, a place, a moment that you asked Jesus in your life? If you haven't done that, I'd have no greater joy to lead you in this prayer. So I invite you to join me, dear Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I've decided to live for you. I've decided to serve you. I make my peace with you. I pray in the name of the Lord that you would forgive me. I come to you now and confess you as my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to open your eyes. If you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. Can we put our hands together right now and celebrate salvation? You're on site. And you gave your heart to Jesus in a couple of moments. Drop by one of the exit point tables. We got a Bible for you. It's free. A little booklet. It's free. If you're watching online, reach out to us. We've got a class. It's called Follow. It's online. We want to help you in your new faith journey. But in just a couple of moments, I want to pray for this house, for this church before we go. And I want to thank you for hearing and receiving this word. Now, your pastoral team have been believing for a great Easter Sunday. And you saw this morning that we're doing three Easter Sunday morning service. I'll tell you why. We think it's going to be packed. COVID-friendly packed. Up to 30% packed. Six feet apart packed. And right now, you see this first service, there's still room. And our second morning service will be filled. And Overflow Rome will be filled. So we got to do three services on Easter Sunday. And we're going to open up a number of overflow rooms. We're believing for a COVID-friendly Easter Sunday, 1,500 people on Easter Sunday. And we want you to spread the word and get the word up. We're going to believe God to do great things. We want to thank you for your faithful giving of your tithes and your offerings. It's so needed and so appreciated. And on your way out this morning, if you've come prepared to give, there's buckets at the back of the auditorium. There's debit machines in the lobby. You heard about our prayer night coming up. Register for it. We are pumped about coming for prayer. We believe God has something great in the days ahead. And if you like personal prayer, after the service closes, there'll be a team of people at the front and we can stand properly distanced and they can pray for you and just believe God to do great things. But right now in these final moments, just lift your hands to the heavens. Father God, I'm asking Lord that you would help us to walk humbly. Help us, God, to live lives marked with faith, not fear. Help us, God, to fervently pray. Help us, God, to persevere unswaveringly, Lord, that we would just unswervingly, God, that we would keep pressing in. And I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven over this place. God, I believe you said to me to stay the course. And I believe that means to keep leading this church in the place of prayer, to keep being faithful to the preaching of your word, to keep the doors of this building open as long as we can, to keep coming to worship, to keep coming to seek your face. And I believe, God, that you are about to do some things that I never thought 
impossible. So we pray for Walter today. I pray that cancerous tumor might be so large, it would be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray for Pastor Mark. Raise him up, oh God. Give him long life in the name of Jesus. I pray for Pastor Doug. I pray tumor, brain tumor gone in the name of Jesus. I pray walls would crumble down in this place. I pray mountains would dissolve in the name of the Lord. I pray victory. I pray healing. I pray deliverance in the name of the Lord. I pray marriage restoration in the name of the Lord. I pray prodigal son, prodigal daughter would come home in the name of the Lord. I pray that the best days for this church would be the days ahead. So God, we look our we look up to you and we seek you. We say send revival in the name of the Lord we pray we pray that you would break this coronavirus in the name of the Lord we pray in the name of Jesus that you would do great things in the name of the Lord we pray amen come on with they'll give one loud clap offering of praise to the Lord hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to know that that day I was walking, feeling down and low was so short. I, I'm, I'm feeling so encouraged. I'm feeling so encouraged. I am feeling so encouraged what God is doing in this place and in this city. And I believe as we stay the course, God is about to do some things that I, your pastor have never thought possible. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on, Lord. Well, Evelyn, I love you so much. And may you go with God's blessing. And if you'd like personal prayer, just wait for the auditorium empties to come forward for prayer. God bless you. Have a great day and have a great week. Amen.